everyone, and welcome to this introduction to the RASC 150 History Podcast, which will air throughout 2018. My name is Heather Laird, and I am a director of the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, and I will provide informed comic relief and will share the duties of metaphorically questioning the artifacts of our past. My colleague in this journey is the RASC archivist and resident artifact himself, Randall Rosenfeld. Say hello, Randall. Hello, and thank you for joining us. One impertinent question worth asking is why are we doing this? Why delve into our past and invite other people in to poke about in the remains? Well, first, because the stories are interesting as narrative in their own right. The relationship between people, the tools they conceive to understand the universe, what they discover, and how they communicate what they know and don't know can be entertaining as well as instructive. And, secondly, knowing our past helps us to know ourselves. The limits of our history and its knowability needn't strictly define us, but it can help delineate aspects of what we are. We will uncover views and practices that have fallen by the wayside and be grateful that they have, and others that may in fact be worth reviving. It's all about perspective. There are responsibilities in dealing with what once was. One, one responsibility is to try to let our predecessors speak to us with their own voices, something which is frequently difficult to affect and always difficult to achieve fully. Another responsibility is not to lose sight of the fact that there are always different viewpoints and more than one way to tell a story. Gaps in the narrative and silent voices have to be acknowledged. Like Randall mentioned, it's all about perspective. Today we're going to touch on a few things from several of the episodes that we'll be talking about over the year to get you super pumped for the monthly releases of each one. So the first episode will be the beginnings, documentary traces and tatters. This one will go into what and who created our society, was it a good idea, where have we been, and where are we going? It's always good to begin at the beginning. Of course, there are problems with this. Where is your beginning? Most organizations have been point to multiple beginnings, as the RAS can, as you'll find out. We're going to go into some of the characters who were involved, what their motivations were, the people who tried to stop them, and we will try to answer, was it a good idea? Give you a sneak preview. I think it was. <laughs> it definitely was. Okay, so in episode five, we're going to be going into doing science and scientific sightseeing. Um, what were the various types of astronomy practiced in the early RASC? Were there tensions between amateurs doing education in public outreach, citizen science, and astronomical tourism? Are there interesting contrasts with the present? Well, um, different styles of doing astronomy. It, yes, there are different, we will discover and talk about, present to you, different styles of astronomy practice in the early RASC. We'll look, at this, we'll look to see how those things change with time the outside pressures which caused them to change, and the internal pressures. And we'll see how these various ways of doing astronomy, education, public outreach, citizen science, and then and astronomical tourism, how they sort of interacted. Well, and yes, there are, there are contrasts with the present. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so, and then we'll be doing, oh, there's one, episode seven, so making stuff to do stuff. This episode explores the changes in the nature of the material basis for amateur astronomy and the relationship of astronomers to their tools. Compared to the past, has there been a de-skilling among amateur astronomers or the, or the forging a new relationship to a changing technological landscape? Interesting question. Um, well, we'll do our best to answer it. Um, 
I think you would give legitimate answers going either way. Um, when I was a kid, uh, more astronomers built their own equipment. Many more astronomers built their own equipment than is the case now. Well, if you if you build the thing you use to un- unveil to reveal what what you can see in the heavens, there's probably a different relationship than if you just if you just buy it off the shelf. However, more and more amateurs now are probably adapting software mm-hmm. for the sort of astronomy they do. So those things might actually be um, equal. They might have an equality, which might not be evident at first sight. So it's an interesting thing to look at. What about the symbolism? Scientific tools have a symbolism, a cultural symbolism. How did that play out in the amateur sphere? We'll be looking at some of those things. That's going to be a really cool episode. Um, and episode 9 and 12, we're going to go into some gender and cultural astronomy. Um, I'm going to touch on this. When it comes to gender diversity, why is societal change in general so slow? An analysis from the 1990s shows that from the 1890s up to the Great War, there were proportionally more fe- female members than in many decades after. The gender history of the RASC is a warning that progress or positive change in the social life of science is not always in the same direction or at the same rate. And what can we say about cultural diversity within the RASC? The story is a mixed one. Um, In episode 11, we're going to go into spectacles of nature. What is the RASC tradition of encountering the grand astronomical spectacles of nature? Are there any constants? Are there limits to what advocates of astronomy can expect in the wake of a major and or rare celestial event? And why? This one is interesting. This one allows us to look back to the heritage that the early members of the RASC would have looked back to. So the heritage of uh, grand astronomical events spurring someone's interest in the night sky or in the daytime sky um, in the 18th century and the 17th century and RASC members thinking about that and thinking of the sources of their own astronomical inspiration. And we'll also look at the astronomical how we put the astronomical expeditions that that RASC members mounted to go to actually go across in various places on the Earth, sometimes thousands of miles from where they lived, in order to experience certain celestial events. RASC members still do that, which is interesting. Are there? Yeah, it's funny. You get a big you, you get a, a big naked eye comet. You get a fantastic solar eclipse. You're in the path of it. And there's often an expectation among amateur astronomers that their numbers will grow. More people will join the society because of the impact of this, event, of this event. After all, that's what happened to them. And it sometimes doesn't pan out. And we'll perhaps look at reasons why that is the case. That'll be great. So is there anything else you'd like to add, Randall, before I close this off? I guess the only other thing I'd like to add is that you should check rask.ca for the associated website for this podcast. And for each one of the podcasts, we'll have an associated page, which will show some of the artifacts we're talking about and give um, secondary discussions of their of them. We'll show some close-ups. And there'll be some other sources, um, some other links you can click on. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, we hope you're as excited as we are for the next 12 episodes. If you are interested in contact- contacting us, please reach out to us at RASC History Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Rask History. We're also going to try and do a hashtag, so you can do hashtag Rask History Podcast or whatever, you know, it'll be cool. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening.